to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Um, I want to remind everybody that we are raising money for Team Evie. Uh, uh, one of our crime fiction authors, Dwayne Snitsky, has, his daughter is in hospital battling leukemia. Um, they have to pay a portion of the bone marrow transplant. Please go to GoFundMe. Uh, dot com forward slash team Evie and donate even if it's five dollars every little bit helps um, I want to also tell you that there are some new books being released today um, the first one is I detest all my sins which is from 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 Lanny Larsonese who is my guest in just a moment I also want to tell you that Lou Bernie released his new book called November Road Deborah Webb released The Dead Girl Charlene Harris released um, An Easy Death. It is called An Extraordinary Thriller by Lee Child. Um, pretty high praise indeed. Matthew Farrell, who was just on the show um, at 5 o'clock, released What Have You Done? Jody Picol has released A Spark of Light. There is a new book called Dry, a dystopian novel by Neil Shusterman and Jared Shusterman. I can't wait to read that one. And the ever-fabulous Lisa Unger has released under my skin. Um, I hope that you go support these authors and make sure to leave a review. Um, Lanny Larsonese has been my Facebook friend for quite a while now. We talk about crime fiction. Um, I know he does a lot of noir at the bar, short story readings. Um, he enjoys it very much, but he just recently has released not one, but two books. Um, the first one is I detest all my sins, which is a really noir crime fiction novel. And the second book is called Women, One Man's Journey. We're going to talk about both of those. So I'd like to welcome Lanny Larsonese to the show. Hi, Lanny. Welcome to Authors on the Air. Hi, Pam. Thanks so much for having me. It's like a real pleasure. And, and, and by the Thank way, I really, I, I really wish this could be in person, maybe next year at BoucherCon. BoucherCon next year for sure. Um, you know, I, I, liked, um, I like how you write your bio. You, you said you're a, a native Midwesterner and a dyed-in-the-wool city guy transplanted to the city of brotherly love. And That's you've been me. writing fiction for about seven years now. Um, yeah. Why did you decide, I mean, you and I are kind of old dogs in this game. Um, why right. did you decide to start writing seven years ago? Well, you know, Pam, um, being a person from Italian, of Italian heritage, an Italian-American mm-hmm. person, even though it's like I'm third generation or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it might be in the genes, we really like to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and when you stand even mundane conversation, when we wave our hands all around and stuff like that, it's like our effort to create opera out of mundane conversation. So it's like expressing ourselves and talking and uh, stuff like that was always in my background. Now, certainly, uh, since I do like to express myself so much, uh, I also like to write. And over the years, a lot of people told me they'd love to get my letters and I think the reason is is because they tend to be like personal. I share my inner self and not just you mm-hmm. know, what the weather is doing and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so I always had a penchant toward writing. And then one day, about seven or eight years ago, a scene, 
popped into my head a simple scene of two high school boys uh, having a fight behind the gym. And it was so vivid, I decided, gee, I, you know, I, I'd like to write that. I, you know, I'd like to describe that. So I sat down at the keyboard, and I wrote out the scene, I don't know, four, five, six sentences. And uh, as I did that, I started to wonder, well, I wonder what the backstory is on these boys. How did they get there? Why are they fighting? What are they about? And suddenly, like a yenta, I suppose, I really wanted to get into their lives, you know? And then I start writing, start writing, start writing. And it took about 20 minutes for me to figure, I really love doing this. And from that moment forward, I began, I set about to learn craft uh, about fiction writing. And, of course, kept writing, kept writing, kept failing, kept failing at it, you know. And uh, gradually, you know, I just kept at it. And uh, before long, a couple of my short pieces had won some prizes uh, and contests I entered and so forth. And that's when I began to think, hey, I can do this. And since then, it's like I've been totally obsessed. It's really interesting to me. Um, What was your profession before you were writing, Lanny? I was a business guy and had a number of uh, 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 different business endeavors over the years. I was a corporate guy for, I don't know, 15 or 20, 20 years mm-hmm. in the insurance business. And then I, uh, then I uh, uh, hung out my own shingle as an annuity broker with Merrill Lynch. And wow. uh, then I began real estate investing. And so each each one of these things was an obsession to me. They usually lasted eight or 10 or 12 years or so. And then I'd jump off that train and jump on a new obsession train, right? Nothing wrong with and that. And try I something different. Makes, yeah, it makes life interesting to try different things. I certainly have done a lot of different things that are totally unrelated. The one thing yeah. I've always done is I've been a reader. Um, I'm assuming you've always been a reader as well. I don't think anybody reads like you, Pam, but yes, I do read. <laughs> But, but no, also, Pete, I, Lanny, I say this all the time to everyone. I am a bad meme. I'm an old woman who lives with five cats and 2,000 books. I don't own a TV, and I don't go out at night. So, of course, I'm going to read. And, you know, write, writers are my celebrities. Anybody who can write a book to me is magnificent. I, I, I'm not a television snob. I just don't have an interest because – I would rather be reading. To me, the stories are so vivid and they come to life in my brain. Um, So I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't feel bad about not having a TV. I I guess I could stream it on my laptop, but I'd rather be reading, to be honest with you. Um, You said that, you know, you kept writing and rewriting and rewriting over and over again and slowly started to learn the craft. Um, I'm glad that you said you had failure after failure, but I bet out of each one of those failures, and correct correct me if I'm wrong, you had another thought pattern, another thing to try. So failure became your teacher also? Well, you know, along the way, I I certainly read all the how-to books Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and associated myself in the local writing community went to meetings mm-hmm. with other writers where we talked about craft and, and so forth. So my ears were really eager to take in um, 
as much as I could. But the single most um, impactful uh, education I got in a craft was working one-on-one with, a develop, with a, 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 an experienced developmental editor. And the first Wonderful. novel I wrote, it really was. The first novel I wrote, I, and she wrote back uh, after her review, are you ready for this? 20 pages of single-spaced analysis. And of course, yeah. yeah, and of course, she eviscerated my book. But, but, buried in there was a simple phrase, you have really good writing chops. So I seized on that phrase and say, okay, I got to listen now with what this woman is trying to tell me. And from mm-hmm. there, I set about to uh, try to, and every developmental editor I worked uh, after her, although her name is Catherine Kraft, and I worked with her more than any other one developmental editor, but she's just so outstanding and such a great teacher. So uh, that was really the most impactful um, um, craft, craft learning devices that I had. Sure. And, and even new writers coming you know, behind me on the curve. Uh, I, I tell them that story all the time and say that that one-on-one analysis of your craft issues and storytelling issues is, is the best education you can get. Uh, my guest before you was Matthew Farrell, and he just put, put out his debut novel today. And um, he said basically the same thing. He said the thing that he's learned over the 20 years he's had his first novel on in his desk was that don't be wedded to your first draft. If If editors tell you that they can help you make the story better, open your ears and listen. So I'm glad you're reinforcing that theme today. Uh, it, I, I think it gets lost and people get wedded to the words on the page that they've written and don't recognize that there are better ways for it to happen. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to go back to something you said, you know, you're of Italian heritage and you talk with your hands and all. I'm fascinated by cultures who are storytellers and, and, and if nothing else, those with an Italian her- uh, lineage certainly are storytellers do you um, do you think that writing was probably always in your bones? You just didn't know about it till later. You know, you can't be a. Um, my dad was uh, a big time talker, and in our house growing up, we were all talkers. My mother mm-hmm. was a reader, albeit, you know, like bodice rippers and you know stuff that she liked. But, right. Uh, but but we always and my entire um, extended family, which is a very large extended family, since each of my parents was one of eight, so I got like wow. scads of aunts and uncles and cousins and and so forth. You know, we all talk our brains out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm sort of hoping we have three four more hours to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, you know, Lanny, I, when I started doing this almost seven years ago, I do one show every other week, and it was usually on a Tuesday morning. And then after the network was formed, I do one show a week on Wednesdays. And um, up until a few months ago, 
well, the beginning of the year, really, I was doing about 10 to 12 shows a week. I was so tired all the time that I couldn't focus and I, I was making too many mistakes. So now I do three shows a week, all on Wednesday. Um, some days I, some weeks I take on more people uh, yeah. if, if the schedule permits, but you know, I, I also have a, two other businesses that I run, so, you know, I, I, hey, hey, I can't. Yeah, well, well, I, well, guess what? I have, I have two or three other endeavors besides writing, right, and it, it, right. it, it, like keep, it keeps me hopping. But, you right. Know, well, but, you said you're, you're, you're very close to your daughter who just charms the socks off of you, and you have yeah. now a, a grandchild, and you have um, an artist's girlfriend, so yeah. – um, you, who's yeah. your first reader, and that's wonderful. Let's yeah. talk about your crime fiction book. Sure. I love the title of it, I Detest All My Sins. Where in the world did you get that title? Well, you know, Pam, uh, um, it, it, it actually is a prequel to a, another novel that I wrote. As a matter of fact, uh, I just got an offer on that second novel, but for the moment, I Detest All My Sins. Um I sort of had the characters in mind from a novel I'd already written, but was in a drawer at this point in time. So um, I was thinking about those characters, and um, I wanted something really dramatic. I knew the kind of story I wanted to, to write, and I needed something real dramatic. Now, another thing, too, is uh, my writing operating principle is uh, Faulkner's dictum that the work of the novelist is the human heart in conflict with itself mm-hmm. and that's that's my that as i said that's my operating principle in all the writing that i do and so when i was thinking along those lines i was thinking of the kinds of things that drive people that drive characters and one of those things is guilt mm-hmm. right so once sure. i decided on, that I was going to create a character carrying a huge burden of guilt that in turn would drive the story. That's where the title came from. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this book. Um, Bill Conlon is your, is your, you know, it's hard for me to say protagonist and when you're writing noir crime fiction, because yeah. really he's his own worst enemy. And so he's, he's both Correct. the protagonist and the antagonist. But tell us about Bill Conlon and um, what happens to him when he ends up in prison. Well, the story of uh, Bill Conlon, of course, is he, he starts out carrying this huge burden of guilt because he committed a statutory rape of a, of a high school girl and got convicted and had to do his time in, in, um, in, 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 in prison. And a story arc is really his thrust toward redemption, albeit he's on the wrong track. He thinks that redemption lies in uh, vengeance over a kid who got killed in the, in the prison yard that Bill was sort of uh, mentoring. Um, uh, and as it's stated in the story, and as is the case, as Bill's case, when you're on a wrong track, every station you go by is the wrong station. Wrong so, station, sure. Yeah, so so Bill's thrust is is aiming toward redemption, and he's not good at it. He's not good at finding it, 
and I purposely wanted to create a character, as I do with all my characters, with the exception of Louise, the, the female character in the book. Louise is the only one who doesn't have a lot of good traits and bad traits. Louise is a pretty good soul. Bill, Jericho, and definitely one of the worst bad guys you'd ever want to read about, Deadly Eddie Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they all they all have they all have conflicts and good parts of them and bad parts of them. And I wrote it that way on purpose. And and I don't write like procedurals and I don't write I, I purposely write toward uh moral ambiguity and at least moral questioning and that's always a sub theme in everything that I write. Well, it's also so it's, it's uh, no surprise. It's also that, true. It's 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 also authentic. I mean, there there are none of us, uh, at least not that I've ever met so far in my long life, that uh, have all good traits and no bad. You know, it just is reality. It's just some people, you know, while he's thinking with his heart, his his brain is taking a vacation. He's not really thinking all these things through. So that's where it all falls apart. And I get that completely as you see in life around you. So it feels like a very authentic character to me. And Louise Louise feels like an authentic character because she really is kind of, she knows Bill's damaged and everything, but you know, she's, yeah. She's okay with that because, you know, this is real life. So we're okay with that. And um, very rarely are the bad guys, you know, and, and I say bad in quotes because I, I know you understand what I'm saying. Right. Very rarely are they only one way that there's nothing else about him. But he is a nasty character. Deadly Eddie is a nasty character, I have to say. You know, well, you, and, uh, and in fact, in fact, I was a little worried about your reading that because, of course, I know your story, and right. and I was, you know, and and in some of those parts in that book, I thought, Jesus, you know, this is going to, uh, I don't know if Pam can get through this. That actually oh, crossed my mind. Yeah, I, well, um, it, you know, Lanny, let me tell you something. I'm the most resolved person you've ever known. There's not anyone who talks about their own stuff more than I do. So, as you know, as you know, well, no. You know, uh, well, you're, so, well, you're yeah. two things, Pam. You're you're very resilient, and you're also a tough cookie. Like I know thank both you. those things, so it's like that, uh, you know, thank so it's you. like I, I know that. that. But but certainly, Deadly Eddie. You know, unlike, for example, Hannibal Lecter, who was, right. um, uh, though he was a really really bad guy, there were interesting parts about him, and sure. even sometimes charming parts about Hannibal. My Deadly Eddie is a totally repulsive uh, bad he guy. Is. There's not a and even though he has uh, sort of a sad backstory, a sad childhood of his own, um, and it might help you understand Eddie, but at no time does it make you sympathetic toward Eddie because he Absolutely. is so bad. And the reason I drew the reason I drew Eddie so bad was because I was looking for applause at his destiny. I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to like reveal, but. Because Absolutely. it's it's a quasi surprise ending. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and we're not going to say anything about it. By the way, um, you also wrote a nonfiction book and and actually yeah. released it at, uh, at the same time. So, yeah. um, well, a little bit earlier, I think, than this book. 
but yeah. um, called uh, Women, One Man's Journey. And you, mm-hmm. um, you make some what are your personal experiences and observations in this book. Why did right. you want to write this book? Well, um, because, as I said somewhere in the book, because, Pam, at this stage of my life, I'm like, you know, 75 years old. So <laughs> so at this stage of my life, you know, it, it's hard not to be, look at your life in retrospective kinds of ways. And yes. certainly my relationship with the women in my life from small childhood to the present day has been the single most impactful thing that's um, happened to me over the course of my lifetime, involving many women, many experiences, sometimes good, sometimes not. Sometimes I was good with them, sometimes not. And um, and writing memoir is very tricky kind of thing because you're 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 trying to balance um, um, part of your soul. You're you're trying to reveal part of your soul, uh, but at the same time are aware. You know, some people write memoirs like to quote unquote get even. And, right. You know, they have like all kinds of agenda. You know, the mommy dears kind of they have all have all right. kinds uh, of agendas. But I feel that my life, and I think everybody's life, is much more complex than good guys and bad guys, as we discussed a moment ago. So, um, number one, because my relationship with women has been the single most impactful experience in my life, for both good and traumatic. Um, uh, as well as I wanted to reveal my soul, as well as uh, I have a 30, soon to be 31 year old daughter, Amanda, and you know, and and I, I sort of wanted, to, and and being in the last quintile of my of my own lifespan, I sort of like wanted some sort of legacy, like this is me, this is your father, this is what happened, so that was part of the agenda too. Very cool. I like it. And, you know, I don't imagine that you approach writing your memoir the same way as you approach writing crime fiction. Um, but I could be wrong on that. It, it, do you approach them the same way? No. They're, they're, and personally, they're, they're totally different voices. Right. 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 Crime fiction sure. is noirish and there's snarkiness in there and uh, and a lot of moral <laughs> ambiguity, although – by the way, that also happens to be true in my memoir. Talk about moral ambiguity, but well, um, but, but no, but but, us, but the, you know? well, well, you know, the writer's voice though in my memoir is closer to my real life voice, the way I speak, the way I present, and so forth, uh, which is like a different voice from uh, from uh, my fiction. So writing nonfiction is, and, and writing nonfiction too is actually. And and I've got some nonfiction short pieces too. It's actually a different kind of exercise. Your head has to be in a totally different kind of mode, and uh, your choice of language is going to be different, and you know a lot of different kind of things. So I, I, I take the cue from Jonathan Mayberry, one of our local mentors in this part of the country, uh, like the godfather of writers. And yes, Jonathan says, when you're a writer. You're not just a genre writer writing in a particular genre. A writer is a writer. That means you write anything. 
You write That's fiction. Right. You write nonfiction. You write comic books. And I like that notion of a writer, and I see myself as a writer, not afraid to write an essay, not afraid to write nonfiction, and not Good afraid to tackle a novel. Good for you. Um, we're almost out of time, but it would be really helpful if you would please tell everyone about your new website and where in social media people can find you, please. Um, in the first place, I'm really like a technophobe, so it's like I, I'm not on Twitter and the whole world says I should be, and I sort of wish I was. But certainly anybody could friend Lanny Larsonese on Facebook, and I accept all friend requests. And my website, where some of my work can be found, um, including a favorite kind of longish short story of mine, Death by Lesbian, it's like a freebie on my website. And my website address is Lanny, L-A-N-N-Y, Larsonese, L-A-R-C-I-N, ESE, one word, dot com, LannyLarsonese.com. And you'll find some biographical information, some freebie short pieces, some ways to contact me, and so forth. So, my final question to you is, Lanny, are you writing another book now? Yes, I'm about, uh, about 20,000 words into a novel based in Pama. I don't know if you or the audience will be familiar with it, but in 1985 there was a peculiar incident here in Philadelphia by a cult group called MOVE, M-O-V-E. Uh, and in the police confrontation, um, not only were MOVE people killed, but 32 row houses got burned down when the police department yep. dropped a bomb on a row house. Right, I remember that. Correct. So, so this uh, novel, uh, uh, this work in progress, is um, along the lines of that incident, for which I did a lot of research on cults and and so forth. But being in a marketing mode as I've been recently, uh, it's in a drawer right now. But I could hardly wait till I get back to it. Well, it should be interesting for those of you who don't know. Move was a um, what was considered a black liberation group uh, and it was founded in Philadelphia. So if you're right, not right. familiar with that, um, go Google it and you'll find a lot of information. I'm sure I, I guess yeah. it's on there, but yes, yeah, so I, I lived, I've lived long enough to remember those, those moments, those societal hiccups. I, I, it was just horrible. It was horrible how that happened. And, um, Lanny, thank you so much for being my guest today. I have enjoyed talking to you. We, we do a lot of back and forth conversation in social media and I appreciate that, but it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. I wish you all the best with your books and please come back again when, the, when, when you have another good one out. Okay. And, and, and Pam, and thank you so much for, for supporting uh, writers in a writing community like you do. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I, like I say, you guys are my celebrities. You know, anybody who can write a book, you're, uh, you're my hero. Uh, it's something that I can't do, uh, and I admit my limitations, but thank you so much, Lanny. I really appreciate it, and I hope you and your family have a lovely holiday, and you and I will be talking thank on you. Facebook. Okay. Thank you, Pam, and have, and have a pleasant evening. Thank you, you too, Lanny. Bye-bye. Bye now. And that's our show for today. I'll be back um, next week with a whole new lineup. 
remember when you read, please go and review, even if it's, I love this book, it was great, or I didn't care for this book, it's not my cup of tea. Thank you for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Bye-bye. Thank you.